the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. You're more than welcome to uh, join us. We have uh, three lines out of the five that's available. 602-508-0960. 602 508 Every Saturday, here I'm here for two hours talking about car and car repair problems. I'm an ASC master. I've been working on cars since I was in high school in 1968, and I, um, I I know right from wrong. I also serve as a mechanical expert for insurance companies, lawyers on both sides of each issues, as well as courts, like the judge and stuff. They'll ask me a question that says, um, look at this and tell me, answer this question. Is it left or is it right or is it up or is it down or what caused the engine to fail or what caused the engine to catch fire or whatever. Those are the kinds of things that I'm really pretty good at. But I'm here every Saturday at your service. And so before we take anything else, we're going to go to Chris. Chris has been waiting. Chris, how can I help you? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Thank you for a few minutes of your time. I have a 95 GMC pickup. And yesterday I took it out for a ride, and it acted real funny where it was revving, and I had a it's revving up and down, and I had to two-foot it gas and brake to get it home. And uh, I'm in the car, and I can actually start it, let you hear what it sounds like if you want me to give it a try. Well, let me but, just ask you some questions, okay? Sure. So if it's in park, is the engine surging? Is it going up and down and up and down? When I first started, I never had to give it gas. Now I have to give it a little gas. And then, yes, when it starts, it goes up and down and dies out within, you know, 10 seconds to 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Well, it, it's fuel injected. And in fuel injection, we, we add air and fuel to make it do things. So when you talk to me about a fuel injection engine and it goes up and down, it's got an air leak somewhere. It could be a bad PCV valve. It could be the hose to the PCV valve has come apart, either inside or outside. It can be a EGR valve that's hung open because the EGR valve will create a vacuum leak and give the engine additional air that it really doesn't want. And when the computer sees the air from the PCV valve or the air extra air from the EGR valve, then it compensates by bringing up the idle and adding more fuel. So this is all happening 300 times a second. So to be perfectly honest with you, I doubt very seriously if this is any big deal. This is going to be something some gray-haired guy is going to open the hood. He's going to stand there for 5, 10, 15 minutes, do this, do that. He's going to t- disable the EGR valve. He's going to check the PCV valve and the hose. He's going to look for vacuum leaks. Chances are he, it, this is this is likely to be one of those things that costs $50 to find it and a dollar to fix it. 
okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting you the $50. No, 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 I understand, because that's what I'm thinking. It runs fine normally, but this was just weird. I had air conditioning Freon done, so I guess I'll look around there, but they wouldn't have disconnected any vacuum hoses for that. No, you're right, though. You're right. Now, I need you to make sure that the air conditioning is off when this is happening. Oh, good question. Okay. Because if it's on and it's and the engine is surging, it's because the air condition. Now they just put Freon in it. Now you've got the fan speed on low. You're just barely blowing air across the ice cube, so the the system freezes up. Well, when it freezes up, it turns the compressor on and off. Well, when it turns the compressor on, the idle goes up. When he turns the compressor off, the idle goes down. The other way around. When it turns the compressor on, the idle goes down. When it turns it off, the idle goes up. So all of a sudden, the engine's surging. But it's because the air conditioning system is working beautifully. But Chris has it on low speed. We're building up a big ice cube in there, so the compressor is going to turn on and off to try to defrost the evaporator. So what Chris needs to do is just kick the fan speed up and roll down a window and stay off low speed, and the surgeon goes away. I'll bet this is related to the air conditioning work you had done, but it's easy to fix. Okay, can I try it a quick time and with the air off and see what happens? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, see how it starts, but then it uh, dies? Okay. Now I'm giving it gas, and I take my foot off the gas, and it's idling where it should be, and then it dies. Okay. So. Okay. Well, and the fact that it runs means the fuel pump's fine. The fact okay. that it runs means the spark is fine. So this is likely to be an idle air control motor or a big vacuum leak somewhere. Did you okay. have your foot on the brake the whole time? Uh, it's in park, into emergency brake on. Okay, but you had to put the brake on, start it, then you took your foot off though, right? Because you, yes. you have to and push. And if the... I put it in the gear, it also dies out okay. too if I'm not giving the gas, double footing it. I, I don't, do, do you have a... A gray-haired guy with a garage that usually yeah, does your service? I, I can't get into August 2nd. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, this is going to be something easy. It, I think it's appropriate, not on Monday morning or Friday afternoon. I have lots of guys like you. And what happens is I say to them, don't come in Monday morning or Friday afternoon, but just drop by at noontime someday and just let me look at it. Just let me listen to it. And that's all I want to do. And if it's something I can plug back in, if it's something I can fix, or if I can diagnose it, then I can get you in. But okay. that this one, is nothing serious. Okay, one quick second. It did kick on the uh, check engine light, but it's never come back on again. So okay. I, okay. I guess I'll get there and let someone look around at it. Yeah, because uh, the, the, the check engine light would have vehicle. set a code, and the code will give us some kind of a clue as to whether it's fuel or spark. That's what will happen. Okay. But anyway, thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Scott, you're up next. Uh, good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. Hey, I got a 2000 Chevy Silverado um, that uh, I think I have a blend door issue. Um, the air is just coming right out of the center vent. Uh, I have no air coming out of the floor or the, the defrost on the uh, on the dashboard. What my question is is that uh, I know I have three blend doors in that vehicle. How do I distinguish what blend door is bad or not? How can I identify that? I I don't I don't know how come you have three, but um, one is for heat, um, the hot and cold, 
because I replaced all three of them. And the reason why I replaced all three was I had uh, specific symptoms to each one. Uh, one was the heat and cold. The other one made noise because of that little plastic gear. You can hear it clicking. So uh, in this situation that I'm in, I have no noise, no nothing. I do have the hot and cold. That's, that's, so I can eliminate that one, that particular blend door. Or actuator, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we have to call them kind of what they are. The blend door gives, is, is the difference between hot and cold. Okay. And then, then you should have one other door that's going to go between defrost and floor. And then you've got one other door for inside and outside air. Okay. And so th- those are those are the kinds of doors that you have, but to be honest with you, that, that I mean it, that's that's probably a half an hour to track down where that problem yeah. is. Maybe a half an hour to an hour if uh, if somebody had all their, uh, I mean somebody was well familiar with the uh, air conditioning controls on your Silverado. Could it could it be a fuse maybe? No. No. Oh, okay. No, I mean if it was a fuse, you'd be stuck in one mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I am in one mode. It just comes out the center vent. Okay, so you you can't redirect it from top to, to from from defrost center vent to floor. You can't do that. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be the door that I'd be working on because there is a door there that's a two position door that gives you one or, or two or three top, middle, and bottom. Right. So, right. Um, right. Sometimes if you just uh, take a rubber mallet or your fist, turn it on, ask it for floor heat, turn on the heater, ask it for floor. You know uh-huh. it's coming out of the center vents, and then just kind of tap stuff underneath the dash from the center of the dash to the right side to the passenger side. And if you've already been in there, you know where these actuators are at. And they're so not just, easy, trust me. <laughs> well, and just start tapping in that area. All of a sudden, it all starts working. You wouldn't believe what we find inside there. We find tacos. We find uh, bubble gum. We find paper clips. Anything that you put on the dash that can go through the back of the dash, we find. So yeah. it it's not uncommon for somebody to, to, to fix uh, something by just jarring the activator because the door's got a piece of bubble gum on it or something. Okay, I got so, you. So there's no way to identify each one, what they do. We just basically do what you just said. It's just... Uh, well, you can you can by where you, the schematic will show you which door does what. Yeah, so the, yeah. the one hot and cold is is going to be at the back of the glove box, and the one that goes defrost center and down will probably be in the center of the dashboard, and then outside and inside air is typically going to be over on the passenger side where we have the outside air or the inside air door. I got you. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate right, you, your time. All righty. Thank you, Scott. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And we have another caller. Who might that be, Gil? Say hello to Sam. Sam, good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, got a couple of questions. One is about uh, Dexos One oil. I've got a 2016 Chevy Equinox, and... I think they just put in the uh, synthetic blend, but I'm not sure because it just says Dexos on the little sticker. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This was the uh, dealer. Anyway, they they want me back every 5,000 miles. And I have a container of uh, full synthetic that I want to put in and change the oil myself, which I know that'll go, I don't know, 8,000 to 12,000. 
Yes, 10, 10, at least north of 10. Okay. And my, my question is, um, in, the, in the book, it also says if the system is ever reset accidentally, the oil must be changed at 3,000 miles. So it's kind of like what you're talking about. This is not conventional oil. This is a synthetic blend or a full synthetic. So I know it was uh, 5,000 to 7 or 8,000 or 8,000 to 12,000, depending on if it's you know, the full synthetic or uh, semi-synthetic. Yeah. You keep saying Dexos, and Dexos is just the General Motors name for their oil. It's no different than Valvoline or Castrol or um, uh, Chevron or any of the rest of them. They 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 have this proprietary name, and 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 sometimes I hear stories about that you have to use Dexos or your warranty's void. And and frankly, there's nothing could be further from the truth. You're allowed to change your oil and improve your fuel economy. You're allowed to change your oil. Stay within some kind of parameters of what you're doing, but if you're going to go from a semi-synthetic to a synthetic, then you can certainly go to an eight to a 12,000-mile oil change. Here's what I'm telling you. How many miles a year do you drive? Oh, probably less than 10,000. Okay, then I'd just use, uh, I'd use a synthetic oil, and I'd change it every April. That's what I would do if I were you. Because you're going to go through the summer with fresh oil by changing it in April. You're going to change it April every year. And synthetic will certainly carry you 10,000 miles. And if you go to 11 or 12, it'll handle that too. It'll, so that's, it'll that's what I would okay. do. With a full synthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if okay. you're going to use a semi-synthetic, then you're, you're going to basically, you can change it every six months if you want or every eight months if you want. Because a semi-synthetic is 8,000 plus or minus. So if okay. if you if you say well I'm going to go five thousand mile intervals then that's fine it's better than three thousand for a conventional okay 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 all right and the other question was I've got a bolt on a fender that's underneath and the bolt just spins around like the nut uh, it just is loose but the whole thing is covered all I can see is the bolt or sheet metal on the on the front the side everything how would I get that out do I have to cut sheet metal away in order to get to that Get a wrench old, on it. Well, us old guys know how to do that. I I think you just um you know hopefully your garage has you know one of the seasoned veterans there or you know somebody who's been in the business for ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty or forty or fifty years. But um th- that isn't really hard to do. It's just a matter of taking everything apart and blowing it all the junk out of it and taking the bolt out and seeing what's going on. What happens if the threads on the bolt are just stripped? Why not just take the bolt out and then put a new one in? But well, it's also no, I'm sorry. I, I'm saying that the bolt just spins when I try to back it out. It just spins. There's, I, I can't get a wrench on the back side of okay. it to hold a nut. All right. Or all right. Well, some if the nut was spot welded to the back side of the fender, and you're supposed to bring the bolt from down low and go straight north into the hole, and now we've broke that spot weld, then yeah, somebody's going to have to take it apart to get that apart. But you're, it's it's not that big of a deal. So it's it's just not that big of a deal. Um, so I, I, you know, a body shop would probably. Uh, I'm quite sure the body shops uh, around you, the guys that have been around a while, are seasoned enough to know exactly uh, how to handle that. I got to run six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For thirty five years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. 
We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. Political correctness has become a weapon of censorship and intimidation, and we are perilously close to being permanently silenced. This is Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. In my new book, Speechless, I reveal how the left's Marxist tactics have transformed our language and how we can win back the right to speak the truth. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Well, it's 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we're here talking about cars. You're always welcome to join us. My email address is Mark with a K, Mark at MarkSalem.com. I have a bunch of nice, clean 55-gallon drums that have already been cleaned out. They no longer take those uh, and, and charge you a deposit. So I have some Chevron drums that are blue, and then I have some black drums, and I also can cut the lids off and put handles on them. So if you're interested in me making a drum into a trash can for you, um, then just send me an email, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com. Also, we have a Jayco for sale. It's a 2012 Jayco J-Feather Ultralight 27-foot bumper pull, 27-foot bumper pull, air conditioning, and my wife makes me say this. This, I just spent um, a week or more of my time going through this trailer bumper to bumper from the hitch to the taillights and fixed everything and made a whole lot of things better. So, um, and I think the asking price on this thing is $14,000. So a 27-foot uh, ultralight J-Feather 2012 Jayco, um, got air conditioning, got a microwave, it's got a bathroom and a shower, and it's got a bed and then a, a fold-out couch. And it's a side entry and it's got an awning. But it's Mark Salem Perf. How would I say that? It's Mark Salem Perfect. There you go. Anyway, let's go to the phone before we get really big in trouble. And uh, hang on a minute. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Michael, you're up next, buddy. 
Good morning, Mark. Uh, in all my years of listening to you, I've never heard anybody go out to the car with their cell phone and demonstrate. I thought that was really neat. You know, I did too. I even marked it on my log because, <laughs> honest, you're exactly right. One time I had a guy go out there and make the noise. This was 20 years ago. And and, and and he would make the noise, and I said, I think your fan's hitting the shroud. No, no, that's not it. Well, he, I, I said, I, I, I mean, I can hear it. but So anyway, he called me the next day, and he goes, yeah, the, the, the motor mount was broken, and the fan was hitting the shroud. Um, but that was kind of cool. I, I agree with you. All right, I'm all ears. Thank you. I have a 2000 Buick Century, one of those gold ones with 132,000 miles on it. Okay. And my speedometer light is on, but recently the odometer light went out digitally odometer light i can't i was wondering how to fix that um that's probably got some kind of a printed circuit board at the back of it and well it was at a 2000 you said yes okay um it's probably got a printed circuit board in the back and typically we just pull the instrument panel out and just kind of flip it over backwards and then there's these little uh, sockets that go in and we just replace the bulbs one of the things I want you to do before you do that is is I want you to get it at nighttime and get it to where it's acting up. And then I want you to take your fist and I want you to hit the dashboard straight in front of you and then hit it to the right and to the left. And hit it not hard enough to break anything, not hard enough to crack the dash pad, but just jar it at the same time you're looking at the lights. And oftentimes what will happen is is you'll get flickering, which means that's good just because we just have to take the socket out, put a little dielectric on it, and put it back in with a new light bulb. New light bulb. Yeah. There, there's it. Yeah. Without, uh, the odds are 98 to 1 that this, if you're losing illumination at your dash panel, that it's a bulb. And the, all I'm saying is, is it would be nice to know it was just a bad... Um, a bad connection and the bulb is fine if you just kind of beat on the dash without dash without harming the dash to see if that changes things a few years ago i got the car back and a fellow had working on it and the fuel gauge didn't work how can i fix that um well the first thing you want to do is go back to the tank and make sure that it's the sending unit is is fine and the sending unit isn't causing the gauge to look bad but it's the same thing. Dashboard work is dashboard work. It's not that hard. Most people think that it's very difficult, but on a 1 to 10 scale in the world that I live in, it's really a 6 or a 7. It's not a 9 or a 10. All Thank right? You very much. Thank you very much. Okay, you bet. Bye. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. You have a chance if you'd like to call us. We have another 30 minutes of the show. So if you have a car question, I'm especially good when the question goes, my this is the kind of car we have, and my wife says this, and I say this, and I'm really good at those kinds of um, questions. I was a marriage counselor in my former years, and uh, <laughs> and my wife would never admit to that, but that's okay. Anyway, so if you have a question like that, I can help you. The thing that I hope that you take from the show is, is as with every profession in the whole wide world, there's going to be people that disagree. They disagree about what oil is best for your car, what tires are the best tires to buy for your car, how often you should flush your cooling system and all that kind of stuff. But let me share with you this. What's happening now is is that we used to see your three and four and five times a year because you had a 3,000-mile oil change. So we got to look at your car and we got to sell you tire rotations and brake jobs and hoses and belts and fix oil leaks. Today you come in once a year. 
So all of a sudden, there's many in our industry that have come up with this proprietary, their own, 20, 30, or 40-point inspection. You get that for free when you come in for your oil change. What, what that is is just an inspection to go through your car with a fine-tooth comb, look at what you've got, and then to sell you stuff. But I just want to remind you before you okay those kinds of bills is to ask them to compare their their um, suggestions to the owner's manual. Some people will want to change your transmission fluid on an annual basis when in reality the transmission fluid in your car may go 100,000 miles, 70,000 miles, 80,000 miles. You can see that it's pretty self-serving for us to start telling you to change the oil change interval in your transmission because we said you live in Phoenix, when in reality they knew when they built the car it was going to end up in Arizona. So those are kind of self-serving things. Always always match the recommendation from your shop, mine included, the recommendation from your shop with respect to the owner's manual. So those are the kinds of things that uh, that change it. One of the other things is, is not only oil changes, but we used to be able to do a lot of fluids every 30, 60, 90, and today everything's 100,000 miles. We've lost all that work. So it's a little bit more expensive at 100,000 miles, but it doesn't represent the gro- the sales if we did it three times. So those are the kinds of issues that you're going you're gonna to run across. And just say to them, let's open up my owner's manual and show me where it says that I'm due for that, please. That's a great thing to ask. And, of course, if they start with a bunch of double talking, it sounds like your 18-year-old son, when he comes home two hours late on his first date with Dad's pickup truck, um, then you've already been there, done that. You, you understand that kind of talk and that kind of rap. So the idea is is that your owner's manual still speaks to your car, and there's a whole lot of reasons why we should. You'll find out there's a whole lot of reasons why we should cut that interval in half, but nobody wants to extend it, and that should bother you. 602-508-0960. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Rain Tree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Rain Tree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Rain Tree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. If you felt like your kids fell behind academically in this last year, this coming year does not have to be like that. In-person learning, a high level of classroom teaching, safe and Christian values. Christian schools have small class sizes. They're socially distanced. There's better academics, better character building, and they don't have to learn on your dining room table. Half-priced tuitions available now at our growing list of Phoenix area Christian schools. Go to aztuitions.com. That's aztuitions.com. 
Listening to 960 The Patriot online doesn't mean you have to sit at your desk. If you're on the run, doing housework, or on your drive home, 960 The Patriot is at your fingertips wherever you are or whatever you're doing with the Patriot app. The Patriot stream is now sponsored by Guns Etc., an A-plus company working together to bring you an A-plus listening experience. Download the app today at your app store. It's the best way to listen to your favorite shows no matter where you are. Brought to you by Guns Etc. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. There's a reason freedom of speech is part of the First Amendment to our Constitution. The right to speak freely without being silenced by the government is a distinguishing feature of liberty. Without it, criticism of crooked government and bad policy can be silenced. These principles have been a foundational part of American political life since our country's founding. That's why it was so shocking to hear President Biden's spokeswoman admit that the White House was flagging posts for Facebook to censor. The next day, she doubled down, insisting that those banned from one site should be banned from all others. Since when did government work with companies to suppress the speech of American citizens? The answer to incorrect speech or misguided opinions is more speech, not government-enforced silencing. There must be loud, sustained pushback on this pernicious slide into soft authoritarianism. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu All about that demon, all the Three minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. I'm here every Saturday from 10 to 12 talking about car, car repair problem, car repair questions, concerns. What do I do about this? What should I say about that? My wife and I disagree on this. All that kind of stuff we can handle. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. There's a shop up in the northeast quadrant of the valley. 40th Street at Greenway called Blackwell Automotive, and I've known Tom for more than 20 years. He works on vintage cars as well as newer model cars as well as motor homes. He is like a lot of the rest of us. We can work on your lawnmower, your John Deere riding lawnmower, all the way up to your motor home. It's just fundamentals. They all have brakes. They all have tires. They all have fluids. <laughs> and and I know Tom's really good at motorhomes because he's owned a few. So have I. And and doing you know figuring out why your refrigerator's not working or you know why why your generator won't start is something that uh, on a one to ten scale is not even a two or a three. So Blackwell's good. He's at Fortieth Street and Greenway now. If you're a diesel guy, the very best diesel guy in town is Nate at Strictly Diesel. He's up on Pinnacle Peak in I-17. I've known Nate for so many years, but he is even my go-to guy with respect to diesel issues. So if you have a Chevy, a Ford, a Dodge, 
and you've got a diesel and you've got a problem no one else can fix, then Nate certainly would be somebody that you would want to talk to. And that's Nate at Strictly Diesel. Let me tell you a story real quick, and the lines are open if you want to give us a call, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. There was a, a Ford truck that had a problem that intermittently it would just die and wouldn't start for some period of time. They'd come back an hour later to the next day, and it would start and run just fine. What ultimately happened was is that you have to put um, a, a specific additive in, or you don't have to, but a lot of diesel people put a specific additive in their diesel fuel. Well, they found out that there's this little piece of cardboard about the size of a 50-cent piece. Now, the mouth of the fuel pump in the fuel tank sits down very close to the bottom of the tank. It's spaced off there about a quarter of an inch. So this truck had, I don't know how many pairs of eyes on it. I don't know how many people looked at this. I don't know how many people guessed on the repair, but I can tell you that there was a lot of repairs that were not done just once or twice or three times. There was just, I mean, filters were replaced, pumps were replaced again and again and again and again, and fuel pressure regulators were replaced, computers were replaced, software was complete. One person figured out that when you put this additive into the fuel tank, you're supposed to take this little piece of cardboard and throw it away, which opens the container. But what people would do is they would push it into the tank. Then when they poured it into the fuel tank, that piece of cardboard got in there. Well, what are the odds that this thing's swimming around inside? We have this suction port on the very bottom of the fuel tank where we're sucking fuel and shoving it forward to the engine. And this little silver dollar piece of cardboard would fit perfectly and block that hole. And then if you just, if you just sat there and you tried to start it, it would just suck it up and block the hole more. So it was just, and then by the time somebody put it on a tow truck and sloshed the fuel around in it and take it to a shop, it would start and run every time. And so nobody could figure it out. But they had replaced so many components two or three times, it was everybody was scared to death of this truck. And some one guy decided, I'm actually going to look inside the fuel tank, and he found this little piece of cardboard. And what was really strange about the whole thing was after they knew what to query on the Internet, there was an old guy in Tennessee who had posted that on this faraway website about he had found the same thing. But nobody knew what the search words were. Nobody knew what the query was. Nobody knew what was going on other than the fact that this thing would just uh, die and not restart. And then you'd tow it to a shop, and it would always start. So it was kind of an interesting kind of thing, but uh, those are the hard ones. But there's a lot of shops in this valley um, that can fix the easy ones and the hard ones. So if you want a list of the best shops according to me, Mark Salem, then go to MarkSalem.com. This list of shops started in 1988. It has, it has, it was here long before all these other referral networks were were yakking and talking. Because that was the number one question when I first got on the radio in 1988 at another station here in Phoenix. The f number one question is, where's your shop? And my mother, who was an executive, said, you sound like crazy. You sound bad because you're always talking about your shop. 
and I said, so what should I do? And she says, you should send them to the shop closest to them that you can refer them to. And that's what happened. That's how the best car repair shops got list got started is because my mother said, I don't think you sound good by sending everybody to Tempe to your shop. I think you've got enough friends in this valley that you could refer these people to and be their hero as opposed to you look, sounding like that you're the only shop in town that can fix anything. That still goes today. My mom died in 2005, but that's still today. Today, there's lots of shops, and all you have to do is go to MarkSalem.com and look at it. Here's my promise to you. If you have a problem with one of the shops and they don't perform and the process of dispute resolution comes to the, 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 the conclusion that the shop should have done something, then if the shop is supposed to pay you for something and they don't, I will up to $5,000. So if the shop is told that they have to get, make a refund of $312 to you and the shop doesn't, I will. Here's the problem with that. I've never done that with the list I have today. Never. So these guys are good, and they know what right and wrong is, and they're going to know how to fix your car. So mark at MarkSalem.com is my email address, but my website is MarkSalem.com, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Sam Stone, the host of Broken Potholes, the show that crashes head-on into the disastrous progressive policies destroying our greatest cities and, in time, our country. Ours is like no other show on the air, You'll hear the truth about what the left is trying to do to destroy our republic, what we can do to fight back, and we're going to have some fantastic guests on every week. That's Broken Potholes every Saturday, 3 p.m., right here on 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24 7. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. I'll pick you up after school. Okay, I got it. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. 
This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. I'm making beef sliders for my friend Sammy. Nana taught me to always pull meat off the grill early so it's extra juicy. Use a food thermometer to ensure ground beef is 160 degrees, or you could make people really sick. Sandy didn't think twice about the slider she ate until yoga class, when a nasty case of food poisoning turned her downward-facing dog into upward-moving lunch. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov and learn the steps Maria unwittingly leaves out. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. So it's 43 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We're about... 16, 17 minutes away from the end of the show. If you'd like to call us, you can. I can get you in. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. There's two shops in town that are actually on the opposite side of the uh, of the valley. Action Auto Repair is up at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. He knows right from wrong. He buys good parts. He hires good technicians. He keeps his words to them. They keep their words to you. And he's been around a long time. So if you're near I-17 in Deer Valley, you don't have a repair shop. On the northwest corner of the I-17 in Deer Valley is Action Auto Repair, and he's been serving the Deer Valley and North Phoenix area since 1983. Way far west in Sun City, the best shop as far as I'm concerned is Auto Dynamics. Their staff and their mechanics are not paid a commission, and there's no motivation for them to pad your bill. Just get the car fixed. Figure out what their symptoms are. Diagnose it right. Bid it right. Fix it right. And then make sure that the the repairs fix the problem before you ship the car back to the customer. So it's family-owned and operated since 1982. I've known Chuck Nidey, the family, since the late 70s. So it's a, a relationship that goes back a long way. So if you're in Sun City, Auto Dynamics, the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. So Auto Dynamics, 99th and Grand, is the only place I can recommend. When it comes to car repair, the real problem it has to do... Let me just talk to the women here for a minute. The real problem, when there's a problem, and it could be any time... 10% upwards to 40 or 50 or 60%. It's oftentimes that the man in your life has told you what to tell us. And that's always a bad idea. What we'd really like is for you to show us and just show us what you want us to do. Show us the symptom. Take us for a ride. Insist that you assign a technician or a manager to come with me. I'm going to show him how to make it happen. And then I'm going to switch with him and teach him how to make it happen. And I'll have him back here in 15 or 20 minutes. I'm not going to have him for two hours while I drive around trying to make it happen. Because that drives us crazy. We can't let a technician go with somebody while they you know, try to figure out how to make it happen. Hopefully you can make it happen. But if not, the next best thing is, is to write it down and tape it to the rearview mirror. Mr. Technician, I'm sorry you were... My car was dispatched to you, but my name is Mark, and here's my cell phone number. Here's what I'm hoping you can fix. When I start my car, da 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 Those notes taped to the rearview mirror, you, you have no idea how we embrace those notes because that's the communication. The worst part is, is the wife's bringing the husband's car in, and he told her what to say or vice versa. We really just need to talk with the person who's got the problem. A lot of times the question, when they come back with an estimate, your self-defense for car expense mechanism is just write it down, write down what I need, put a price to it, 
and tell me what symptom you're going to fix with this repair. That's a reasonable thing to ask. Otherwise, I'm talking about an oil leak, and I want you to fix an oil leak. And so you went in, and put, and I'm using stupid examples here, you went in and did a PCV valve and an engine flush, and uh, and you also flushed my injectors, but I still have the oil leak. And I don't know how they're related, but you said you were going to fix my oil leak for X amount of dollars, but the work order says you flushed my injectors and you flushed my engine. So those are the kinds of things that we should have a conversation. In my opinion, the easiest customers to deal with are the ladies because basically they're not going to tell us how many years of experience they've had working on cars. They're not going to tell us how many times they had farm tractors they drove them when they were 10. They're basically going to answer our questions and give us the symptoms, which is what we want. What are we trying to fix? In the morning, it won't start. Okay, good. Does it go rrrrrrrrrr and it doesn't catch and run? Or does it not go rrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
your your discussions on oil make a lot of sense to me, and I, I I'm not trying to give you any guff. I think it's the it's the way you explain it's very well done. My question is, when in turbine powered helicopter engines, one of the most important features is the pump and the scavenge pump for the oil system, and that's fundamentally because the oil, besides providing lubrication, at least we're told at least fifty percent of its its function is for cooling. And I've never heard you discuss that in an automotive uh, application. Is is it applicable, or, or have you ever had those type of uh, studies or, or discussions? Nope. You, 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 are, you couldn't be more right about a bunch of things. Number one, it cooling. It, it, it's capturing and carrying the heat away is another way to put it. So we're going to use the oil to transfer the heat back to the sump, and we're going to run it through an oil cooler and return it to the engine. You're right. The problem is in in the dis- as you as you can imagine, and because you're as technical as I am on helicopters as cars, you, I have to use words that that make sense to people. I have to draw pictures with my mouth, but. The oil is to provide lubrication and minimize the wear between two rubbing components, and it's also supposed to carry the heat away from that joint. So it's to go in there, absorb the heat, provide lubrication, and get the hell out. Then it goes to the filter and drops off its trash, and then it goes through the cooler, which cools it back off and sends it back, so it's a big loop. But there is so much, Scott, You, if you've listened before, and I, I know you have, there's so much old wives' tales about 30 weight and 50 weight and 90 weight. <laughs> Let me ask you, in your in your helicopter gearboxes and engines and stuff, do you guys use synthetics? Do you use, is there a weight or is it just a hydraulic oil? Oh, it's it's just a turbine, uh, turbine oil market it's, and it's closer to the sewing machine oil that you, uh, you describe and and really what I was wondering is if, if you've ever heard a percentage of, a hey, uh, we get 80% lubrication and 20% cooling or something like that. I would have uh, said the, that. The example, okay. the example in the helicopter is when we, when we shut the engine down, now we've got all this huge heat in the turbine area. So what we have to do is stop the oil from going there, and the scavenge pump, its value then is to make sure it pulls the oil away from that area. Otherwise, it'll sit in there and cook and actually turn into carbon. And and your turbine is driven by the exhaust, right, which is already hot, yes? Well, the application and, I'm giving you is, is what's called a free turbine. You have an N1 and an N2 section. So okay. uh, it's... That's 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 less than 102, but it's basically yeah you're you're driving hot air through uh, stators that turn turbine wheels that turn gearboxes that drive the drive the rotor system. Okay, and and it we don't I understand the scavenge pump we we in 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 car engines we're but you're right it's 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 actually it provides virtually 100 percent of the lubrication. But it, it it it's going to be it's going to be handling twenty at least twenty percent of the heat. There are times that we can change the oil from a peanut butter oil, and we have done this before in testing, where we've taken the peanut butter out and putting in a synthetic, a, a zero twenty or something, and we can knock twenty or thirty degrees off the cooling system. 
And, and so, hey, Mark, here's a here's yeah, here, I'm sorry. Here's a question for you. Then, so let's use a turbo a turbocharger as an application in the in the automotive business. You know, I've heard you discuss with some of your callers. Uh, you could let it cool down a little bit if you've really you know been driving it hard. Does does turbocharged engines have scavenger pumps, or do they just hope that the oil cools down enough in the turbocharger when the when the engine shut down? Okay. Okay. Good. 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 I, I'm. I, this is going to be technical but i understand um when when we shut off the turb turbocharger the biggest problem we have is is the oil stays there well, we have to make sure that it doesn't coke and turn to a solid that's why synthetics mm-hmm. they don't burn and turn to a solid till 500 degrees north of that so uh, there's a lot of old guys that will sit there until their egts their exhaust gas temperature on their turbochargers cools off below 300 then shut it off and they know that whatever oil's left in the turbocharger in a gasoline or diesel application is going to be okay well today we've got these oils that'll go 500 degrees and they won't turn to a solid so we're not real concerned about that but no we're not going to pull the oil out of the turbocharger we, we, when you shut the key off the last squirt's in, and the other way it pushed okay. one out, and we're done. But in your case, you're pulling that oil out so it doesn't turn from a liquid to a solid and cause a problem. Am I right? Yes, because we're we're way north of the temperatures you're you're outlining. Okay, and 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 that's 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 interesting. And and you said something else too. I I, I can't remember what the heck it was, but I I had a guy change some fluid. And I said, what did you put in there? And he goes, oh, I know what it was. He was in the windmill. The guy goes, I said, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to change the oil in the windmill. And, and I go, well, what kind of oil do you use in there? Because I'm thinking I can probably do it myself. <laughs> and he says, oh, it's just some hydraulic oil. And I said, okay. So he crawls up, and he's got this big boom truck, and he tips the, the thing over, and he drains the oil, and he puts new oil in. Well, the container that he puts the new oil in doesn't have any markings on it, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> But I was smart enough to get a sample of it. <laughs> so I got a sample of the old stuff, so I'm going to send it to the lab and say, what is this? Because that's what... Now, it doesn't have an oil filter. There's nothing but gear lubrication necessary. This windmill's never going to get hot. So I know that I could use a 020 synthetic in this windmill and just be fine. I just got to find out if there's going to be any seals that I need to be concerned with and to make sure that I, I have something that keeps them pliable. But um, I'm still waiting for the helicopter ride to the Grand Canyon. You said I could fly it, and you said um, I, I would only have to pay for fuel, and I'm 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 willing to do that. So, thank you for calling. I, I think it, you you I, I, hey you, you know much. anytime, sir. I, I, it's okay. always good talking to you, Mark. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. All righty. So, my email address again is mark at marksalem dot com. Salem like the cigarette. Mark with a K at marksalem dot com. Um, actually, Scott builds parts for helicopters, and him and I have these kinds of spirited discussions a lot where we're trying to just compare. We're not f- f- fencing with one another. We both have specific um, engineering needs, We have in- and we have, we have specific needs with heat dissipation and lubrication, and we're just kind of comparing the helicopters to the cars and what one does that the other doesn't. My email address is mark at marksalem.com. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me. Every Saturday I'm here from 10 to 12 here on KKNT 960, and we're talking about cars. But you can also send me an email, and if you'll give me your phone number, a lot of times I'll just call you back. <laughs>